From the Tulsa World, this is the Tulsa World Newsroom Podcast. I'm Jason Collington, editor of the great paper here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, I've got Lindsey Crable Burton, our education reporter, on the line here. Um, we've got a story that's uh, become a national story. It happened a year ago, but Lindsey, why is everyone talking about Broken Arrow schools this week? Well, it, it's graduation season, and as it seems to come up, every year at one or two districts around the state and around the country. We have a student who was an indigenous student who was denied the right to wear an eagle feather at their commencement ceremony. Uh, this particular student graduated last year in May 2022. And this week she filed suit against the district, uh, specifically citing the Oklahoma Religious Freedom Act and the free speech clause of the First Amendment. And this was again a a feather, a ceremonial mm -hmm. feather that was attached to her uh, her hat mortarboard. Thank you. And she was, according to her, and according to the lawsuit, she got approval. Uh, did was got, went through several checkpoints and was not stopped. But then two individuals that are named in the lawsuit uh, had a problem with it. Mostly, yeah. So Broken Arrow Public Schools has a policy in place where if you're wanting to wear anything at graduation that's not issued by the district, um, such you know, including eagle feathers or stoles issued by your tribe or from your church, you have to fill out a form ahead of time and get it cleared. That information was not, Lene was not, was and her mom have both said that they were not informed of the form. Lene went to a teacher and said, hey, is this, is it, you know, my cat, this is not decoration, man. Is it, is it going to be a problem if I wear this eagle feather? The teacher said it was not a problem. Um, and this was also, and this is specifically mentioned in the lawsuit. She went to a teacher in part because there was not an Indian ed resource advisor for Broken Arrow High School at the time. That person was on leave. So, and so she went to a teacher she trusted, thought and assumed that that person would know. Right. Um, and yeah, she went through multiple checkpoints at the graduation ceremony nobody said a word and then as she was getting close to the field these two school district employees stopped her and according to Lene, did not ignore her when she tried to explain what was going on and why she had the feather and tried to physically remove it from her and so last year when this story broke you interviewed her mother and uh, the student yes and the student and it seemed like, again, this lawsuit, they probably had a deadline to file this lawsuit by, I'm going to guess, is why it popped up uh, about a year later. But in it, in your interview with her, she mentioned, we live in a state with a large Native population. How did these people not know? And again, yeah. that's a question which is interesting because in this legislative session, there was a bill that was flew through the House and Senate. And when it got to Governor Stitt's desk, he vetoed it. And said, I would like this, I would like not this to be a state mandate. I would like to leave this to local control, uh, which again, in the Oklahoma school district system, we've got a whole bunch of school districts. And uh, sometimes politicians say, I believe in local control. And sometimes politicians say, wait a second, I think this should be a state mandate. And many times it was, it's an unmanned, un. Uh, an unfunded, unfunded state mandate. Uh, you can you can ask any teach, teacher in Oklahoma about those. 
So it seems like in this situation, this there is not a statewide policy. Broken mm -hmm. Arrow had a policy, and mm -hmm. it was not followed. Uh, there was a confrontation. Uh, there's also a claim here that the feather was was damaged. Um, and and again, you would think that in Oklahoma, an Indian country, we this would not be an issue, but it seems like it's popped up. I looked in our archive. We have 24 other instances of this over the since 1989 that we have written about where this this is not an issue that has been resolved in Oklahoma although it's been Indian country since before statehood. So yeah. this idea to represent your tribe at your graduation by showing a feather, by attaching something to your, to your cap and gown um, is still not resolved. Right. And, and so when I was putting the story together yesterday, actually, I also reached out to a spokeswoman for the ACLU of Oklahoma, who was one of the groups that was lobbying on behalf of Senate Bill 429, the tribal regalia bill that was vetoed. They've heard from students at three different school districts since that veto being told by their school districts, sorry, no, no, either flat out no to all regalia or in the case of a student at Elgin Public Schools who has since gone public to with a TV station in Oklahoma City, they were allowed to wear an eagle feather, but at the, you know, beadwork on the, on the mortarboard was a no-go. Right. And so, as I said, this is something that has been going on for a long time. Uh, and yep. again, the the bill, I think they only had one no vote in the bill yeah, that went the through two, the legislature. Chambers, one no vote. And so um, for this, this seemed to be almost to a resolution. Again, uh, Governor Stitt asked for local control uh, for that. Um, and now we're in the situation where Lena Black is now making national news and a story. Your story has been number one on our website the second that it appeared. Uh, and there are now national news outlets that are writing about this. Um, and we are now into the point of three or four days into this. This is still a story that's being shared and shared and read. Um, and, I, and again, what's amazing is that this is still something. And again, if every school is allowed to have their own policy, and it sounds like in this case, Broken Arrow did have a policy. It was not followed, but we're going to find out in court now what's going to happen. Um, right. What is, what is, when you having written about this before and having, this is something that is, again, uh, you're indigenous as well. So you know how important some of this regalia is to display in mm -hmm. very in ceremonial things like a graduation, like a birth or death of a child, like a wedding. There is certain regalia that is shown up in Indian country uh, at those kinds of events. Uh, are you surprised a little bit that this is not more black and white uh, for Oklahoma high school students? Yeah, it's 2023. We have more than 130,000 indigenous students attending public schools in Oklahoma. That this is still an issue still blows my mind. What do you think is the next step here? We're, we're going to have probably a preliminary hearing involved here. I mean, this could be something that goes to trial or something that's settled many times. It's uh, well, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, no, um, court date hasn't been set yet. When I, I touched base briefly with the folks in Broken Arrow Public Schools this morning, they still have not been served yet, with the officially served. So until that happens, we don't know, you know, can't set a court date yet. Um, but we'll just... 
there's at this point there's no telling. I mean, there's been some. We, you know, I went and before we got hopped on this podcast, went back and looked at some of the previous litigation that's been filed in Oklahoma against school districts over eagle feathers. Um, one that come, a case that specifically comes to mind involves a, a Cherokee and Delaware student who graduated from Caney Valley High School in Southern Washington County in 2015. Uh, she filed a federal a federal case, which she lost and then turned around and filed in state court, and that ultimately was dismissed with prejudice. So, you know, there, however, since that Caney Valley student's case, you know, there, you know, we had the letter from, the formal letter from then Attorney General Mike Hunter saying, hey, Eagle Feathers are protected under ORFA. His successor has also taken a similar, has posted a similar letter. So there's no, you know, it's is, a slightly it, different ballgame. Is it is it time for the attorney general uh, to uh, walk into this case as he is has as he has in some other pretty big high profile cases? Do you is that expected or is or is that any talk of that? I haven't heard any talk of, to that point, but you know the lawsuit's less than a week old. So right. Well, one of the things that you pointed out in your story, we get, we have both of these stories. Uh, they're they're linked here in the show notes of this podcast. But you mentioned that Joy Hoffmeister, the former state superintendent, um, tried to uh, issued a letter across school districts across the state, urging them to review their policies, uh, wearing tribal feathers and other cultural significant items at graduation to ensure that those student rights are protected. Uh, she mm-hmm. also I- issued those same letters in 2020, in 2020 and 2021. Um, mm-hmm. As you mentioned, Mike Hunter, then Attorney General in 2022, uh, stated that everything that they wear is protected under the Oklahoma Religious Freedom Act. So as we're sitting here today, a year later now, or two years later now, um, where do we think that we, we've got an Attorney General opinion that might be coming to confirm what two other Attorney Generals have said. We still have not heard from the state superintendent. I believe he put out guidance, but I wouldn't swear to it. I remember, so. So as I said, right now we're kind of in a holding pattern um, as this story continues to go across the nation. Uh, Mm. And as I said, I I think it's one of those where are we going to get somewhere this time? Uh, Because it seems like in this case, it's not only, uh, it's now we have a policy. Broken Arrow had a policy and uh, but sounds like their policy might be against what two, adjourn- two, two attorney generals and maybe a third might say is protected. Well, I mean, they so that I mean, their policy does allow for students to wear it, but you have to provide advance notice. Right. There was right. a breakdown for Lene. You know, with Lene, there was a breakdown as far as that that was not clearly communicated to her or her family or the teacher that she reached out to. So they do have a policy in pl- and there and I will say Broken Arrow's spokeswoman did make a point when I talked to her to say that they've had more than 60 students who are graduating this year make reach out fill out the form ahead of time saying hey I'm going you know I will have I'll be going to be wearing a feather or beadwork or you know other items that fall under the policy. And they were all and they all wore them without without problem. Their graduation ceremony is next week. So stay oh, it's tuned. next week. Okay, yes. so now the next step in this is, I guess we need to be at Broken Arrow uh, graduation uh, to see, it looks like you just gave yourself another assignment there, uh, Lindsay, uh, and oh, that, we, <laughs> that we need to figure out and see uh, 
what's going to happen if they, so 60 kids have put in the proper paperwork. Yes. More than, more 60. than 60. Wow. Okay. And again, so, Broken Arrow uh, is always uh, near the top of the biggest high schools in, in Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. So that's a big graduation. That is a lot of students. It sounds like that's probably the next place we need to position ourselves to tell the rest, to tell the next chapter of this story. Um, because again, did that spokesperson also reiterate if they filled out the stuff, then they're good to go? Or is there still a, is there still a red approval process? I mean, it does have to be approved. Um, and part of the approval, pro the application process includes attaching a photograph and explaining okay. what it is, why it's important. So. Right. Okay. Well, it looks like we got a couple of things that we'll be waiting for on this story. But again, this is something that once we posted it, my gosh, I haven't seen a story like that go vertical on a, on a line graph uh, in a while uh, when it came to the attention that this has gotten. Um, Lindsay, when you're when you're thinking about these kinds of stories, again, you've been on our education beat now for uh, a little bit. And again, you have students that are in uh, Tulsa Public Schools. Um, what do you think is it, it seems like on this beat uh, you picked one that's again, this is the second time you've been on the podcast. You keep breaking some news and you keep getting on this podcast where we kind of talk about the biggest stories happening uh, in Tulsa. Uh, why why do you think there's you're running into so many stories that that become national stories here in Tulsa? Well, to be fair, third time on the podcast. The first time oh. was to talk about book, ban book bans. Oh, that's which, right. And, <laughs> and why there's not winner. Stephen King in a middle school library. Um, so it, I don't want to say sheer dumb luck, but some days it feels like it. Um, well, a school, a school is at the intersection of a lot of things. It is. You know, a school is. is at the intersection of parents, teachers, state government, um, students, uh, puberty. Tribal government, federal tribal government. government uh, and uh, they don't just learn how a bill becomes a law in school. Many times they see it happen right in front of them. Uh, yeah, it's a little more hands-on than turning on Schoolhouse Rock and calling it good. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you on for a, a, a third time, and uh, we, we will see how many more times. This is a story, of course, we'll follow. And again, Lindsay covers public education for the Tulsa World. So uh, Lindsay Crable Burton, uh, available. If you search Tulsa World and search for her page, you'll see the latest of what she works on. Many times she's at Tulsa Public School Board meetings and covering the controversies and uh, successes that happen there. Uh, but again, every once in a while, something pops up in the education space. And Lindsay's there to report on it for you. Lindsay, thank you for joining me today on this very hot story. And again, we'll continue to follow up and go from there. This again is the uh, Tulsa World Newsroom Podcast. I'm Jason Collington, and we will continue to follow up with reporters and photographers as they do their work because uh, it's important work and we hope you support it uh, with a subscription. Uh, read more at TulsaWorld.com and we'll see you next time.